Amen. Amen. It's good to be here. TGIS. <laughs> Thank God it's Saturday. How many of y'all believe this is a good day to give God thanks? You know, I've found out something about Thanksgiving. It is the thing that makes the difference. Usefulness does not necessarily bring thankfulness, but thankfulness will bring usefulness. Amen? And so, uh, you know, there's something about being thankful. Did you know it's just as essential a, a, a part of the Christian life as faith? Did you know that, that without thankfulness, without without a spirit of gratitude, that things that, that God wants to do in your life, it's almost like they get, um, they get uh, uh, delayed. But thankfulness breaks through the very place that you, you know, you're standing in faith for. You don't know what else to do except thank God. You know, that's what Abraham did in Romans chapter 4, verse 20. It says he grew strong in faith. Giving glory to God. Amen. Amen. So uh, don't miss an opportunity to be thankful tonight. Just don't. You won't interrupt the service if you want to say thanks be to God or shout or I think y'all know that from last time. But we just, you know, we want you to know you will not interrupt our service if you feel like dancing. In fact, you know, it does get kind of, you know, (laughs) it does kind of kind of give us a problem if you don't ever want to shout. We like people who like to express their thankfulness to God. There's something about it. A man or a woman who won't be quiet, won't be stopped. Remember what Smith Wigglesworth said? I know people who'd be spiritual giants if they only knew how to shout. Hallelujah. Maybe she needs to say that again. I don't think that got it. Hallelujah. Smith Wigglesworth. How many of you know who Smith Wigglesworth was? got a funny last name, huh? Smith Wigglesworth. He was a man who lived in, uh, I believe it is in the uh, uh, the early, uh, you know, not, what'd you say, honey? Earliest part of the, not this century. Late 1800s. Early late 1900s, 1900s early 1900s, and uh, had like 24 people raised from the dead, and actually we were able to meet one of his, uh, 23, had one of his uh, uh, people that he mentored, we were able to to minister, be with, and have had uh, the, the privilege of having him speak into to the life of Cindy, and and uh, he was just a, he prayed with me over the phone, and I shook for three days. And uh, Lord, <laughs> he Lord, release the anointing on this daughter. And I just started my like that. I put down the phone. I couldn't stop for three days. I was in the glory for three days. I thought, well, I must need that anointing. Yeah. must. That was like 20-something years ago. And, yes. you know, you always, God prepares you ahead of time. That probably had something to do with this meeting here tonight. We're talking about it, isn't it? But, uh, he, you know, he's the one that said he was known as the apostle of faith. He brought it, you know, really uh, began to... to to stir in people the life of faith, and he he one of the things that in his book, um, what's it called, Shelley? That book, that little book of his, um, ever increasing faith. That's it. Thank you. Uh, he would say, he said, I know people who would be spiritual giants if they only knew how to shout. Hallelujah! So he's not talking about you, is he? He wasn't talking about this church, was he? You know. I'll tell you something. If you don't want to shout for yourself, let's shout for all the believers down south that have had destruction. Amen. Shout the victory for them. Hallelujah. God's going to turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Some of you kids, why don't you shout for some of those kids who've lost their homes, you know, and say, God, I just thank you right now that you're going to bring them better home and a better Amen. better clothes. Amen. Woo! Hallelujah. Just shout right now for somebody Amen. else. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you Hallelujah. are you Hallelujah. are God, the one who changes oh, not. Praise God. And we, you are the one in whom we put our trust in the way the best evidence we know it is by the way you praise him. People, you know, that people have been talking to me. I've been on the phone a lot, you know, since the since things that have happened and well, you know, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm going to preach. Yeah. 
What are you going to do? I'm going to lay hands on the sick and tell you that Jesus is the healer. What are you going to do? I'm going to teach on how to be led by the Spirit so you can get by things, that tragedies and things that come. And you can listen on the inside. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to run around the church. If not for me, I'll run around for somebody else yeah. so they'll get their house built. What are you going to do? I'm going to dance in the Holy Ghost. What are, you going to, what are you going to do? I'm going to lift the standard and keep lifting up. What are you going to do? Well, we're going down there next month to preach. What are you going to do? Well, we've been on the phone calling pastors to send money and send supplies down there and, and help well, one lady one pastor called me and she said I was at Sam's we're trying to get something she said the roof of the, our church you know caved in and and uh, she said we actually did better than some places you know it's still standing and um, and she said uh, the guy that was marking the, the, the things you know when you go into Sam's there's a little red thing they do you, know, they you, mark do you have a Sam's stuff, here you know as you okay leave. and and so they marked the thing and the guy said he went a Victor Christian Center what is, is uh, Victor Christian Center is now over or something like that he said it's the end of Victor Christian Center and marked her thing she's the pastor she said she walked out to the car in the parking lot and she said it didn't dawn on her what he said till she got to her car and she and I was th- said I was thinking you know I was thinking well maybe she got mad you know went back in there she said and when it hit me what he said she said I was so glad. She said, I thought, aha, persecution. I'm building this church back. I ain't quitting. It's going stronger. She thought, say all you want. Then she talked to me on the phone. She said, Cindy, I didn't even know I was under persecution. (laughs) And instead of making her weaker, she got stronger. Amen. And they said, please don't cancel your meetings in the other church. Their house was still standing. It has a lot of problems. But many of their people in their house just wiped out. And she said, would you not cancel? I said, we're not going to cancel. We'll come down there. In fact, we'll have churches send us down there. And they send you to, you know, France and send you to the Philippines. How about send you to Mississippi? Send us to Mississippi. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. She said, well, she said, I just want to minister to people. She said, and man, she's just really strong. I mean, she's strong. Walking around there, everybody's homes are torn down. She's strong. She comes, she says, oh, she said, we just got to, we got to do something. We got to do, we're bringing you in. No secular performer. She said, we want a gospel performer. Yeah. She said, somebody that can preach the truth and Amen. sing music and bring some life back here. You really want to know what someone's given their life to? Don't look at what they do when the crisis hits. Look at what they're doing before the crisis hits. Everybody's a good boy on the day. You know, we all need God. I saw a rapper and somebody said, oh, sing one of your rap songs. And he said, oh, no, this is not a day to sing rap songs. We want the blessing of God. and We need to sing something besides rap. He said, no, I'm not singing. I don't know. You probably wouldn't know who he was. Maybe some of y'all would. But, you know, he was saying, oh, I got to get on a different level for this. I thought, honey... You don't just get on a different level for you, this. You live. If this brings you to the awareness that you need something more than what you had before this, well, praise God. then don't be going back to that. Y'all know what I'm saying? Shelly, you I'm know all those rappers. Sh- Shelly, why don't you? There's uh, Shelly the Blonde right there. She... Oh, you know, oh, you know the Christian rappers. I'm sorry. Shelly has been with us for 11 years. She was spirit-filled under our ministry. Raise your hand, When Shelley. she was eight years Shelley, old. Shelly the Blonde. Oh, hello. Well, both, actually, both of their names are Shelly. Yes, so that she, was not she weird. She had been with us for 11 years. I know. No, hello. She got spirit-filled under our ministry when she was eight years old. And when she was 19, she asked the Lord if she could work with us. So be careful what you ask the Lord for. And and she went to Raymond. She's been with us ever since. She's a youth leader, youth minister, and a powerful ministry. She's healing. actually been with us over 10 years now. I married our volunteer. Yeah, she married one of our volunteers <laughs> who was with us for four years. And I'm thinking, and then she got married to the guy that was with us. And everybody that comes with us gets married. And I'm thinking, hmm, what do I need to do? Bring in a, bring in a volunteer. Hallelujah. And then, I mean, she's just tremendous. We're going to have her, we're going to talk to the pastor about having her come back for your kids. Kids, you're going to love her. She does youth conferences and camps all over and everybody is just, the kids are crazy about her and because she is crazy, but she'll have you laughing. She'll have you crying, but uh, you will be dedicated to the Lord before she leaves. Uh, and this is Shelly Ray. She uh, also join us. She does a lot of volunteer work for us and she also works with Rick Renner in, in uh, Russia in uh, that's just part of the people that, that, that we we had to come. We were supposed to have several more, but things that they had to do at the house. So um, just be friendly to them, and um, they'll be friendly to you whether you are or not, because they have to be or we'll skin them alive. And uh, 
and uh, treat you with much dignity. I'll tell you something. I was so excited when your pastors wanted to uh, book another service here. And um, I'd been really praying about it. Ever since we, we, we talked about it, I'd been really praying about it. And tonight, guess what we're going to do? I don't know what Lois is going to do. But I know tonight, in my spirit, I had this in my heart. I'm going to lay hands on the sick and you will recover. That's really been strong in my heart, you know. And I kept thinking, well, Lord, shouldn't I talk about other things? Shouldn't I prophesy and talk about what's coming to the world? Listen, you, listen, you know what you need to do. People have asked me, they've said, you know, aren't you more on fire now that this has happened? I said, no, I'm not. I was just as on fire before. But now I praise God for other people that are because they're getting freed from the fire. What about the people who've gone home to be with the Lord? What about all those who lost their loved ones? It's a hard time. But you know what? It's like Corey Tin Boom said. She said, I just thank God that my father wasn't lost. He's just gone before when he was killed in the concentration camp. Isn't that something? Yeah. Isn't that something? So, you know, people think that, well, you know, tragedy doesn't come to the United States. We don't have a market on not being hit by stuff. Look at the way we're living. We do have more prayers and more Christians, but, you know, we don't have a market on that. We have to listen to the voice on the inside, and we have to know how to be led by our spirit, and we have to continue to be just as strong. Keep praising the Lord. Keep running. Keep shouting. Keep reading. Keep witnessing. Keep telling people what you got. Keep it on. Keep it up. Keep it up. Keep saying, yes, Jesus will heal you. Yes, Jesus will set you free. Yes, and you got to keep... Listen, even if they say, well, where's God now? Say, well, you know what? He's right here inside of me. What You know, he's living proof. He's still alive. He's still alive. He's still alive. Praise God. Don't ever stop. Don't back off. This church has got to... In fact, you know what? Some church, kick it up a notch. Kick it up a notch. Just say that wild church. Yeah, they'll call you wild, but this is where they'll come. Yeah. You know, they'll say, well, they, at least they believe in healing. Let's get over there. At least they believe in it. I mean, our chances of getting healing are a lot better there. I mean, it's, <laughs> oh, glory to God. I can glory say a lot of things. Glory to God. Bless. So, right now, just somebody say, glory to God. Glory to God. And say, even uh, I'm shouting for my healing. Say, I'm shouting for my healing. Shouting for my healing. And I'm shouting for restoration for those who need it. Restoration for those who need it. I will lift my voice. I will lift my voice. Devil. Devil. You can't shut me up. You can't shut me up. I know you'd like to. I know you'd like to. You want me to be quiet. You want me to be quiet. You don't want me to say anything. You just want me to be still. But I won't. But I won't. I'm speaking up. I'm speaking up. I start doing something, you just jump up and act just like me. <laughs> That's the way to do it. You say, well, how do we get something stirred here? Oh, just act like the person on the platform. And- Ephesians says this. I like this Ephesians Praise chapter 1 God. in the Message Bible. Ooh, he the says, glory's here. I, Paul, am under God's plan. I like that. A special agent of Jesus Christ, of Christ Jesus. I like that. He says, how blessed is God. Long before he laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind. He settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Hallelujah. Predestination means God has predetermined before your problem ever showed up. He predetermined in his love a plan for your life that the enemy could not stop. You know, I found out something about God. Not only is Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. I got news to you. The devil is the same. But it's the yesterday, today, and forever. But let me tell you something. He may be the same, but you will be changed by the power of God. That's right. That's right. You say, well, that was too much for me. Well, it might have been too much for you yesterday, but it won't be too much for you tomorrow if you put your trust in the God who gave you an answer before you ever had a problem. I mean, he can thrill your soul, I'm telling you. Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, I love the way the Message Bible says it's in Ephesians. His blood poured out on the altar of the cross, and we are a 
free people. See, when I say free, 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 you say, what do you mean? You know, what do you mean you're free? I'm not in jail. No, no, I mean I'm free from everything that the enemy tried to bring into my life. I'm free from sin. I'm free from sorrow. I'm free from hate. I'm free from selfishness. I'm free from anger. I'm free from resentment. You got to say those things. I'm free. I'm free from those things because Jesus' blood paid the sacrifice that makes me free. He says... He said, free of all the penalties and punishments, chalked up by everything, all of our misdeeds. And not just barely free either. I like that. But abundantly free. In other words, God did more in Christ than the devil did in sin. Did you hear me? God did more for you in Christ than the devil ever did against you in Adam. He did more for you. And when you figure that out, I don't care how big the hole is that you got dropped into. You will realize that it's been swallowed up by the bigger plan of God. And it'll make you want to shout even on a Friday, Saturday night. He thought of, listen to this. You say, what does he mean abundantly free? He thought of everything. Even you hadn't thought of everything. I know you might think yet. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he was making. He took such delight in making. He set it all out before us in Christ. A long-range plan in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet earth. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Aren't you glad you got a new place of identity in Christ Jesus? That's the reason I'm here tonight. That's the foundation of my faith. That's the foundation of my praise. Not something I've done, something God has done. And it will not, it will not be outdone by anything the devil tries to do. That's the deal. That's what you got to understand. That's the deal. You, you will have to deal with difficulties, yes. but you don't deal with them on your ground. You deal with them on the ground that Jesus rose up from the dead on. You deal with them on that victory ground, on that freedom ground. And if you'll deal with them on that ground, then you'll have a place, no matter where you're at, of freedom. Yes. Hallelujah. All right, let's hit it. Go. I feel like where T.L. Osborne was preaching once and he said, you're waiting for me to get through so you can get healed. I'm waiting for you to get healed so I can be through. That's what I feel like. You're saying, okay, I'm waiting for the healing. No, no. So, you know, I'm waiting for you to to quit preaching so I can get healed. No, no, no. We'll wait for you to get healed so we We quit quit preaching. In fact, there's healing. There's, There's healing all over this room. I said, this is the day of independence. This is the day of release. You say, but I don't understand how. You don't have to know how. All you have to do is know who. Jesus Christ redeemed you. Listen to me. This is the day. You don't have forever to enter into this place of grace. This is your day right now. It's right here, right now. It's not going to... Listen to me. The only thing I'm assured of is right here. And until you can get that, you know, where you can do something with where you are right now, the devil will always keep you trapped in a tomorrow. When I, well, I do later, I'll do, you know, later. And you'll later will turn into you being 85 in a nursing home. Or if and, I, and nobody will ever know what God's done for you. I'll do it when I feel like it. Yeah, that's right. Then we know who's running your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know who you got behind the wheel of your life. Woo! And it's not your friend, I can tell you right now. Hallelujah. I wrote some of these down. You said, what do you do you to keep yourself stirred? I just, I pray in other times. I listen to tapes and I wrote this down. I said, I said, um, I am free. I have liberty, according to Luke 4. Free to change. Yeah. That's a good one right there. I'm free to change. You know, people feel like they're hopeless. They can't change. Some people feel like they're born a certain way. Some people feel like they were born a certain way. But that's not true. In fact, I looked somebody right in the face. And I, they said, well, you know, don't you believe you're born that way? And I went, what? And then I finally had to catch myself because I was like, I was so shocked. I said, no. 
No, I don't. It says you're free to change, free to love. Oh, you better be walking in love. You better be walking in love. Let me tell you, you better be walking in love. You know, I mean, I know there's a lot of strange things going on, and I know there's a lot of people saying some silly things on TV, but we still got to walk in love. So how do you combat that with the truth? Preach the truth. Well, how? In love. Smile at someone and let them know that you love them. Preach the truth in love. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, if we just, somebody just done this, we just done that, you just smile. Because you know the truth. We got, what did Brother Hagin say? We got inside information. You know, I mean, I'm talking to some people. And I see some people. I see some people on TV, and I'm thinking, why do they call me? You know, and these people are singing, and they're real popular. And I'm thinking, call me to sing a song. I will sing the truth. You know, who we're gonna, who's gonna stop the rain? Who's gonna stop the rain? Who's gonna stop the wind? You're like, come on. Yeah. And you know what I do and stuff like that? I just say, God, open their eyes. Holy Spirit, flood the eyes of their heart with the knowledge of Christ. Bless their little rich hearts. That, you know, their rich body, they don't know nothing. I, you, know, you, you know, you think, man, somebody give me the mic. Nobody called me and did a poll. Okay, free. Free to live in peace. Free to, free to live. Free to laugh. You know, if you're here tonight and you weren't able to lift your voice all night... Did you know that you're free to do that? You just chose not to. Do you know people come to me and they say, well, you know, I just, I don't know what to do. I I don't have, I can't do anything. I can't do anything about this situation. You know what I've learned? You can always do something. You can always rejoice. Now, it may be hard. I was talking to the pastor down in Mississippi and I kept reading that scripture, rejoice in the Lord. Always. At all times. With thanksgiving and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Always, that's always. I mean, I'm, we're Christians are the only ones that I know that can cry and laugh at the same time, and we understand why. You're free to laugh. You're free to stay. Free to stay in, in in a situation that that nobody else would understand. Free to stay in a church that God's called you to, and not get upset because somebody did something. The minute God speaks to your heart, and a pastor gets in the pulpit, and the Lord says, "That's your pastor," you don't leave. Now, I'm from the old school, you know. We all worked at the plant for a hot thousand years, you know. We went, whether we were sick or dying, we showed up at the plant. You know what? There's some truth to that. Some truth, some stability. Free to go. You're free to leave a situation that's not right. You're free to leave a a, a friendship or a relationship that you're in and it's not right and they don't know the Lord and they're not living for the Lord and they're not turned on. Well, then you know you're free to go. In fact, you probably should go. You're free to leave something that's not right. Free to pray. Oh, praise God. Free to pray. In fact, I was talking to somebody about our our, our work in Paris that we're going to be doing and I said, we're going to pass out tracts and they said, but we heard it was illegal. I said, well, we're going to pass out bulletins that say, we're singing at such and such place. I said, no, that ain't illegal. You, know, you can always get around someplace. You're free. And so what? So what? I, I think it'd be cool if they drug me to the jail. And I went, ah, United States gospel singer. But I'm not going. I rebuke that. I rebuck that. With Lois had a friend. She didn't know it was rebuke. So she was, she was rebucking everything. I rebuck that. Lois heard her one day. And she went, what is she doing? She's rebucking. Uh, free to give. Free to give. Free to tell others. Free to make decisions. Free to be pure. Free to be pure, kids. You're free to be pure. Free to be pure. Oh, how I wish somebody had told me that. Oh, dear God, I wish somebody had told me that. Free to be pure. We're free. Listen, then I wrote this one. We're just free. <laughs> I mean, I was just writing one day, free to forgive. How about that one? No, that, that's really you say but I'm not free to forgive yes, yes you are you are free free to release others let it go let it go free to lay down your life free to take up your cross free to die free to rise we're just free free to laugh free to pray for others that are going through heartache and torment 
free to take the place of them and intercede and supplicate and fall on our face. Oh, when I'm praying in the spirit and I'm interceding for someone that's hurting, interceding for the people in destruction, interceding at times for people I don't even know what I'm interceding for, but I know I'm on business for the King of Kings. I know I'm in the office. I know that he's called a meeting for his church and his believers. He's called a meeting like I called a meeting for our our ministry the other day. Who showed up? The ones who could. Called a meeting. The ones who are listening in the spirit. Lord, I'm listening. I'll come to the meeting. That's why I love the line in that song. We're going to sing by the blood when we go down there to the destruction and to the places that have been destroyed. We're going to sing in Mississippi. We're going to sing by the blood. And when the, when the verses I love in it for those people that I want them to hear, they're getting, they're getting four churches together. And then they He's may talking even, about they, next month. Next month they may even it. put up a tent for us to go to and bring people in, you know, so we can reach more people. But because transportation is a hard thing right now, most of the, most of the cars are gone. You know, they're just gone. One kid has a bicycle. He has that. and But you can't get through to other place because of the rubble. And he can't get through back to the church. I mean, it's just it's a mess. And so, but I want to sing because I want to sing that line. When the devil says it's over. Now, you got, you got to understand, I'm not that smart to think that up. God told me that. He said, write this down. When the devil says it's over, say, I'm not one to bed. But my God is a God who's more than enough. Sounds like David in the Psalms. Through the miry clay, he lifted me up. Though the enemies surround me, my God. God is a God who's more than enough. And it ain't over yet. He hasn't come out of the sky yet. He hasn't come with a trumpet yet. It ain't over yet. And as long as I'm breathing, I'm going to cause havoc to the devil's He said, God, he, you know, does he know about loss? Oh, he knows about loss. He lost his greatest singer. He lost what? One third of the, does God know about loss? He lost one third of his angels. His first kids didn't turn out too good. He lost his two kids. He said, don't do this. Listen to me, kids. And they disobeyed. But you know what? When you disobeyed, what does your mother do? Throw you out the house and say, go fend for yourself the rest of your life. No, he came back and got us. He lost that. He's lost. He's. But you know what? He's a redeemer. He knows how to redeem. Redeem. It looked like he lost his son in hell and destruction. There was big scorpion giants all over Jesus. I mean, the way they describe in Revelation, you don't want to be around those things all over him. But listen, and it looked like he lost him, but he didn't. Hallelujah. It looked like, if you really want to think about it, look at the Bible, it looks like God lost a lot. Yeah. You said, why are you running around? Because God himself says, rejoice. Rejoice always. And again, I say, Rejoice. Then he says about those who've lost loved ones. He says, tell them, it's okay. Jesus is coming again soon with the trump sound of the trump. We'll see him again. It's a comfort one another. Comfort one another with those. You're not just being trite. You're comforting some, someone like that. Well, you know, it just sounds like I'm not saying much. Oh, you're saying a lot. Oh, yes. Yes, he's coming again soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He lost a lot. But he knows reclamation, restoration, redemption. He knows how to restore what you've lost so that all of us could walk in it. Isn't that something? The whole world from generations to generations from when from all the way back from the creation, what he did in what he did in Christ, all the way back from, from Genesis, all the way till he comes again. The whole deal was taken care of by that one deal. By that one act. Whosoever will. Then he says, then he tops it off with this. Pray for the sick so you'll recover. In other words, I want you to have something good while you're down there. Then he says, then he says, the spirit 
that lives within you, and you're born of the Spirit, he says, He will teach you and guide you into all the truth. So you can listen on the inside and know things what to do. I've got news for you, church. I don't care how poor I would be, I would find a way to have gotten out of New Orleans. If I start walking and carrying my dog, I would walk and thump. Why? Because we can hear things. We can listen. We can also listen and choose to stay. Corey Timboom in the concentration camp. She listened. She was thrown in that thing. You said, well, we're, you know, people see destruction. I got news for you. People have seen destruction in every generation. The Black Plague wiped out three-fourths of Europe. They thought Jesus was coming then. And Corey Timboom just went, Lord, show me what to do, and I'll talk to many about you. 700 women a day they were killing. They killed over 9,000 women. 9,000. Was it 94,000? 94,000 women. She said, Lord, show me what to do. Show me what to do. And boy, she just got walked right out of that place and then went out and told everybody else. She didn't say, oh, you guys, it was so bad there. You just don't know it. I just don't know. She said, Jesus, her theme was, Jesus is victor. Does that minister to you? It ministers to me. I'd love to sit and read books about what people did in hard situations and how people before me went on. I probably read more books on people's lives than anything else beside the Bible. Because I think, somebody else did it. I didn't see that. I didn't see a concentration camp. All I've seen is just Lawson Ray and Shelley. I know what some of you are thinking. I thought I saw a concentration camp when I saw my kids come in the other day. Uh, when I saw my husband walk through the door. No. Hallelujah. We're redeemed. Amen. And we must proclaim it. Regardless what we feel or what's gone on. We must do it stronger, louder, bolder. And with more love and conviction than ever before. How many of that bear witness with you? Any had any questions? Well, was it judgment? Was it this? Was it that? You know what? I don't care. I don't care what it was. I'm going to do my best to preach the gospel. And listen on the inside. You understand what I'm saying? Am I making any sense to anybody in here? Hallelujah. Like Hebrews 11, verse 3, says this. Hebrews 11, verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. He says, By faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. I like... um, the word for worlds, there's the Greek word. It, we, we get our word eon. Eon? Is that how you say it? Eon. Eons and eons. You know, you've heard people say that. Eons. That's where we, it's a, actually the word A-I-O-N-O-S. And it means this now. By faith, we understand that worlds were framed by the word of God. The world, word for world there means a specific allotted period of time. Within the history of mankind, such as a decade, a century, a millennium, or a specific generation. In other words, it's a a specific allotted period of time. A specific, it's not a, it's not just a, 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 you know, just, just a, an abstract term, uh, you know, that the worlds were framed. I know that, it, that many times you may have thought of this as like, you know, the moon, the stars, the worlds were framed by the word of God. But really the word there for worlds has to do with the reference to uh, a time within history more than it does anything else. 
a specific period of time, like a decade, a century, or a millennium. He says, by faith, we understand that worlds, specific periods of time, were framed by the word of God. And the word for frame there means to change or alter something that already exists in its outward form or shape. In other words, it's not the creation of something new. It's remaking something that already exists. I learned all this from my friend Rick Renner. He's a Greek scholar. So, um, it's taking something that already exists, not making something new, but taking something that already exists and remaking it. Are y'all with me? Now I'm not saying that this, you can't say that, you know, that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying it says more than that. He's saying that that specific periods of time, by faith we understand that world specific periods of time were framed. And what that means framed, he's saying he takes them and the specific period of time is reshaped, remade, reformed, uh, 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 altered in its, uh, in its shape by those who receive, he says, which are seen, uh, were framed by, by the word of God, by the word of God. The priority in my life is the word of God. It is the word of God that will not only reshape our time, it will reshape who you are. By faith, we understand that he said the world specific. You could say it like this. If you put it all together, you could say uh, by faith. This is this is actually Rick Renner's paraphrase of this scripture. Through faith, we understand that different time periods, different decades, centuries, millenniums or generations within the past history of mankind have been completely radically changed, remolded, and reshaped by those who have received a word from God. Wow. I want to encourage you tonight, everyone in here, make your priority to know God's word because the the measure of Jesus that you know is directly connected to the measure of the word of God that you know. Jesus in Revelation, he comes back and he is called the word of God. Woo, hallelujah. You say, I want to know Jesus. You know, Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, I don't know Jesus by anything. He said, the only way I know Jesus is by the word of God. That's the only way I know Jesus. And you know, you can think of a lot of different things you need to know in your life. But let me tell you something. It's the word of God that will reshape, remake, remold, and alter you to the degree. In other words, look over here in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Because I'm telling you right now, if you don't take the word of God and let it begin to mold and make you and shape you. You know, God's not just the... The potter of, you know, the, 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 and, 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 and the clay. He's actually the one who made the clay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know you think, well, I'm clay. He's the potter. Guess what? He's also the one that made the clay. Yeah, yeah. Right. So if you want to get the directions correct, yeah. you better find out what he has to say about you. In fact, I would just challenge you tonight in here evaluate the things, the priorities of your life and see if they have been shaped by the word of God or if they've been shaped by somebody else's word. I would just, uh, uh, you know, just kind of throw that challenge out to you uh, in your personality, in your personal habits, in the, the decisions or choices that you're making in your life. Uh, put an evaluation out there and find a word from God that substantiates who you are in that area in your life. And then let that rebuild you, remake you, reshape you, alter your appearance. Look at these scriptures here real quickly in Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. This is some of my, this is just, you, you wonder how we got, you know, this is, we're starting our, what is, what are we in? 62nd year. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? I've forgotten, Shelly. What is it? 28? 
28. We're in our 28th year together. You know, I used to hear when I was younger, I'd hear people, they'd say, you know, how old am I, mom? I can't even remember, you know, like they're talking to their wife or their husband. How old am I, you know, uh, uh, Bertha? Could you tell me? I can't remember how old I am. I used to think that was so funny. How could you not know how old you are? I'm not going to tell you what I did yesterday. Um, in Ephesians, I don't know what happens. I think you just, you know, it changes every year. I mean, you know, it's possible to get a little confused. Okay. Sure as the world. That's true. But look at this real quickly here in Ephesians chapter four, verse 17. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I mean, I'm just telling you right now, this is a night of reshaping, remaking, altering. Things are being remade by the word of God. I found out something about the word of God. Every uh, move of God rides on a word of God. If you really want to have some hot times in the spirit, build your house on the rock. Hallelujah. So he says in Ephesians chapter four, verse 17, this I say, therefore, I always like when people say, therefore, because uh, you need to find out what it's there for. He's talking about the, the equipping, the, the, the way that God's working in you, the gifts of God. And, and he says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk, uh, walk as the other Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. One translation says their lives are guided by ungodly illusions arising within their self-centered imaginations. Well, that's tough, isn't it? He said, this is not, he doesn't say, now let's try to grow out of this. He said, now this is not what you're made for. He says, uh, uh, live no longer as the unsaved do, blinded and confused. <laughs> oh, glory to God. One translation says, meaningless ways of thinking, randomness of their mind, in their mind. They do not think clearly. Their minds are turned to that which has no profit. Christians, he says, don't live that way in the futility of their mind. He said, having their understanding darkened. Uh, one translation says, their minds are clouded with darkness. They live blindfolded in a world of illusion with the shades of their mind pulled down. That? So he said, now, don't you live that way? Did you know it's possible to be born again and yet live and walk just like people who don't know God? You say, what, what makes the difference? You want to know what makes the difference? The word of God. Psalms 119 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. In other words, the light starts shining and you start seeing the truth. Listen, the biggest issue in your life, it's not the lies you've heard. The biggest issue in your life is the truth that you know. Because when you know the truth. I don't care how many $3 bills the devil swings under your nose when you know the truth. You are free. So he says, with their mind, the shades of their mind, their understanding, minds clouded with darkness, the hardness of their hearts breeds in them ignorance, which estranges them from the divine life. He says, having a being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart, they're cut off from the life of God through ignorance and insensitivity. In other words, he's saying they don't know God because they don't know God. Are y'all with me? He's saying, I just want to make God known, not just to those of you who've never heard Jesus is Lord, but I'd like to make him known to those of you who do know Jesus is Lord. And then he says this, watch this. He says, uh, um, their thoughts are without meaning. The plain English says their minds are in darkness. They're strangers to the life of God because they're shut. They've shut their eyes to him. They are ignorant because their minds are stupid. That's a plain English translation. That's pretty plain. He says, who being past 
feeling have given themselves over. Now he's talking about people who don't walk with God. He's saying, this is how you're not to walk this way. He's saying being past feeling, they've given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Listen to this paraphrase, a long course of self pleasing has hardened their spiritual arteries. Isn't that good? In other words, your biggest problem, listen to me, your spiritual arteries, that's got to do with your attitudes. That's got to do with the way you think about God. And he says, a long course of self-pleasing has hardened their spiritual arteries. Isn't that good? Helps you to reflect upon the power of the word of God. He said, there are people who have set themselves against God. But he said, that's not your course. I love the way he gets here in verse 20. And he says, but you have not so learned Christ. What is he saying? He's saying there is some transformation information that brings a revelation of who you are to the world. It's not, it's not some just, you know, accumulative knowledge. This is transforming knowledge. He says, you have not so learned Christ. Your study of Christ does not lead you to this. He says, if you've heard of him and you've been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus Christ. How many of you want the truth in Jesus Christ? I'm talking to those of you who are born again. I'm talking to those of you who've been redeemed by the blood, whose sins have been washed away, who the word of God, like first Peter says, you are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. I mean, you don't have to carve your name in a tree to think, you know, something bigger. You know, I can come back in 20 years and there I was there. You know, it gives meaning to my life to know that 20 years ago, I carved my name in that tree. You know, people do stuff like that. Why do you think they got those stars on the, on the Hollywood, you know, walk so that, you know, 50 years they can go back and say, look, she, Marilyn Monroe, she was here. She put her hands there. Listen to me. There's something that's more eternal than your hands in cement. There is something from heaven that's been birthed in your spirit. And it's the word of the living God. Jesus came to this earth and died, rose from the dead and put his life in you eternal. You say, I don't got no star on the walk of fame. Listen to me. You got a star in the crown that Jesus wears. And it's a name written in the Lamb's book of life. And I'm telling you, no one can take your name out of that book. Everybody sit back down. Sit back down. Yeah, y'all control yourself now. This is Saturday night. We got to come back tomorrow morning. We can't be here all night. He says, uh, I know this is your excited, most exciting words you've ever heard. But sit back down. We got to finish. But listen, get this now. The truth in Jesus Christ. Somebody tell me the truth in Jesus Christ. You're about to hear it. What? Listen, look at this now. The truth in Jesus Christ. This is the truth that you put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lust. Now, this is what he's talking about. Dealing with those issues you think you have that keep you from obeying God. And doing what God wants you to do. He said, let me tell you what they're like. He says... Put off the former conversation. Uh, uh, that word conversation is the word behavior. One, listen to this translation. Philip says, what you learned, this is when you learned the truth in Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what, who told you what they thought was the truth, but this is what the Holy Ghost inspired people to write to you by Jesus Christ, the truth that is in him. This is the, this is the way God thinks about it. Do you understand? And when it's got to do with all your seemingly uh, insurmountable obstacles, he says, uh, put off the former conversation. That were the, the translation Philip says, what you learned was to fling off the dirty clothes of the old way of living, which were rotted through and through with rust, uh, lust illusions. Fling off the dirty clothes of the old way of living. I like that. It's like he's saying... You know, all those issues 
that you have in life because, you know, somebody called you this when you were six and somebody told you you were worthless and, and somebody else, you know, just all kinds of, everybody's got issues. You know what I'm saying? And they're shaping their life. But he says, no, no, you want to take the truth in Jesus Christ because it's the incorruptible word of God. And when it comes to those things that you think that are obstacles to your advancement in the faith, he said, you know how you take off dirty clothes? You know how you take them off and you put them in the washer and you get rid of the smell and you put on new fresh clothes? He says, that's the way you deal with those behaviors and attitudes. Just like you take off some dirty clothes. Now to me, I don't know about you, but that puts a whole new swing on the things that people say, you know, Dr. Phil would like to counsel me about for about six or seven weeks. I'm not saying you don't need some counseling, but I will tell you this. You need the truth in Jesus Christ. And when it comes to issues of hell and the devil and everything that he put into this world to confine you with, you need to understand that when you got born again, what God put in you is greater than the devil ever put on you. And you can take off some dirty clothes. Somebody in here tonight needs to do some laundry. Put off, fling off the dirty clothes of the old way of living, rotted through and through with lust delusions. In other words, he says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Get yourselves renewed by the temper of your minds. Acquire a fresh spiritual way of thinking. In other words, don't just, uh, 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 don't just, you know, uh, uh, take the clothes off. He said, think differently about yourself. Think differently because, you know, Isaiah 26 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, let me tell you something about changing the way you think. It's progressive. Did you hear me? It doesn't happen all at once, and it, there will never be a time. I remember being in school uh, at Rama, and somebody, Brother Hagin, was talking about how uh, uh, somebody came up to him, and he said they wanted him to pray for him that he would never have another bad thought. <laughs> and Brother Hagin said, well, the only way I know to do that is stick a gun to your head. You know, that's the only way I know you'll never have a bad thought. He said, if I could pray for you for that to happen, he said, I'd pray for myself for that to happen. But see, you got to understand something. Just because you have the thought doesn't mean that it has you. Listen to me. Thoughts that are unspoken and not acted on will die unborn. Did you hear me? Thoughts that are unspoken and not acted on. Listen to me. This is very important. Will die unborn. The devil's looking for a foothold in your life. If you will give God a place in your life, you can keep the devil from taking a place in your life. Did you hear me? So he says, uh, this is now, this is what happens when you take a, you take on and acquire a different way of thinking. I mean, we're talking about, you know. Some, you know, people want to make over their hair. They want to make over their body, their thighs, their nose, their everything. We just need an extreme makeover. He said, no, really, the most important makeover you need is between your two ears. (laughs) Will you suck a little bit of anger out of here? (laughs) Could you suck a little bit of fear out of here? God said... Could you, uh, could you use one of those th- hoses? Could you stick it between my ears and suck a little bit of, you know, hate out of here? No, listen to me. That's what happens when you get renewed and a new. <laughs> is it? But listen to this now. Because this is the way, I mean, this is like, uh, you, you know, really what happens, what God is telling you to do is change the controlling headquarter of your life. Instead of letting your body tell you what to do, you take the truth in Jesus Christ and you let what's in you by the power of the word of God that has given you a new life. And you not only let it be uh, uh, working in your spirit, but you say, take over God. My whole spirit, soul and body belongs to you. And you say, what does this do? He says, well, look at Ephesians 4, 24, verse 4. He says, 
and put on. Don't just take off the old clothes of the old way of living. Don't just take off the, the, the wrong habits. Really, the whole secret that brings you the power to take off the old habits is that you put on the new man, which after God, you say, well, what kind of man am I in Christ Jesus? What kind of man am I? You know, am I just a saved worm? You know, am I just, you know, God's just looking for somebody, you know, something he knows that there's something I'm going to do that's wrong. He's just waiting for the day to squash me and let everybody know how ugly I am and how much, you know, I'm the, you know, I'm the child that has to sneak in behind Oral Roberts, you know. I can't go in there by myself. I mean, God is not going to like me. No, no, you got the wrong idea of who you are. See, something else has reshaped you besides God's word. If you'll let God's word reshape you, instead of being dark in the way you think about God, the light comes on, and instead of bumping into everything, getting bruised up, bumped up, knots all over your head, I mean, you know, just the ugly stick's been all over you. Instead of looking like that, you got the light shining, and all the other places, it's not you may be, you may live in the same place, it might look the same, but it doesn't look the same to you, because you got the light of God's word, and it makes you feel differently about yourself. It makes you think differently about yourself. So you will do differently. Put on the new man, which after God, look at this after God. In other words, if you want to know what you're like as a new man, you got to find out what God is like. Now that's pretty wild concept, isn't it? But you know what? You know, I found out something. I mean, you know, we probably just about proved it the last few days. I mean, you know, if we think that, that we are evolving into a greater, you know, uh, we're just getting, you know, we're on a, we're on a, uh, evolutionary trail here and we're just evolving into, to a, a higher um, species of being. Well, we just figured out that even at people's, you know, even in the worst of days, it'll just bring out the worst in a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think, where does that come from? I mean, you know, somebody singing the other night about, you know, I just don't want to talk anymore. I don't want to talk anymore about any hurt or any pain. I got news for you. There's hurt and there's pain in this world, but there's someone who's greater than the hurt and the pain. And if you'll find out who he is in the middle of all your hurt and all your pain, you'll have a shout of joy that the enemy can't take away. Put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. He said, if you want to find out what you're like, you're going to have to find out what God is like. One translation says it like this. Put on the new nature, the new personality, which has been created in the image of God in true righteousness and holiness. Another one says, once and for all, clothe yourselves with the new nature. I like that. Clothe yourselves, Weymouth says, with that new and better self, which has been created to resemble God. Hallelujah. You say, how in the world can you feel that way about, uh, uh, you know, be, have a sense of optimism about your future? One reason, because I believe in the power of the word of God. And people who take the word of God, those are the people who in every century, every generation, decade or millennium, those times are changed. They are changed. How are they changed? By those who receive a word from God. Woo, glory to God. I'm telling you, honey, it's nation changing time. I'm telling you, it's it's time. We are on the edge of a ma- really, if you want to know the truth, we are already in a major shift. You know, they say the axis, the, the, the center of the earth, the axis has actually moved. I forget how many degrees it's shifted and they don't even know why. And they, you know, that there, there's all kinds of shifts in the universe. And I thought, honey, there's not just a shift in the universe. There's a shift in the people of God. There's a, there's a turning our heads toward the things of God, turning our lives. And I encourage you tonight. I encourage you to take the word of God in your own personal life and build into 
into your life the word of God and the measure of the word of God that you build your life in that will determine the scope, the, the, the land that you're able to take, the freedom that you're able to enjoy because it is the word of God that gives you a platform to live the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, so there's some jumping off time going in here tonight. Look at this. I, I read these. Uh, the, this is an article I got from a, a paper. It's been a while. But it's called A Few Poorly Chosen Words from the Past. Today, you know, people, it basically has to do with people's blind spots. Uh, how that they, they always think that no matter what, you know, that they see things the way they really are. But there's a whole lot they don't see. There's a whole lot they don't see. And these kind of words help help you to, to, to understand how no matter how smart you think you are, you need the word of God to fill out your life. Everything that can be invented has been invented. <laughs> Charles Duell, director of the U.S. Patent Office in 1899, said that. <laughs> Everything that can be invented has been invented. How many of you know how many things have been invented since 1899? About 90% of probably more of everything that you use in your life, that telephone you put your ear up to, that, 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 uh, that jacuzzi that you get in, that car that you drive, I mean, you know, that computer you look at, everything you can think of. Your life is nothing like his life was in 1899. But if he would have had his way, he was ready to close the patent office. It's true. They had to talk him into leaving it open. All right, we'll see what happens. I'm telling you, that's how some of y'all think about yourself. But I'm telling you, you've been created in Christ Jesus. Put on the new clothes. I'm telling you, we don't just got, we got the patent office is open. The patent office is open, I'm telling you. The patent office is open. Uh, let's see here. Um, let me see if I can find another one here that will really help you out here. Uh, it says, you ain't going nowhere, son. You ought to go back to driving a truck. The Grand Old Opry to Elvis Presley in 1954. <laughs> oh, glory to God. There is no need for any individual to have a computer in their home. <laughs> Ken Olson, director of Digital Equipment Corporation in 1977. I don't even think they're in business anymore. Wonder why. They're gone. They're gone. You say, well, you want to still be on the cutting edge of what God is doing? Don't say stuff like, well, God can't change me. I, God can't work in my life. God can't work in my marriage. I'm telling you, God's working some new things in you. Put on the new clothes of the new life. The patent office is open. Hallelujah. Look at this one. Drill for oil? You mean drill into the ground to try and find oil? You are crazy. Workers to a railroad conductor, Edwin Drake, before he drilled the first successful U.S. oil well in 1859. <laughs> Isn't this great? I love this. Oh, glory to God. Well-informed people know it is impossible to transmit the voice over wires and that were it possible to do so, the thing would be of no practical value. That was the newspaper, the Boston, Glo uh, Boston Post in 1865. That's what well-informed people were, to, were saying at that point. Are you well-informed? Let me ask you, where did you get your information? I want you to get your information from the word of the living God because I'm telling you right now, the patent office is open. There's some new things coming from the new life that God has given you in your spirit by the word of God. Don't shut up shop. Don't give up on yourself. You can be 17 and give up. You don't have to wait till you're 75 to get up. You can give up. You can be 17 and give up. Think it doesn't really matter what I do. I'm, I got news for you. That's not from God. That's not the word of the living God. The truth of the word of the living God is that those things that hinder you are just like dirty clothes. And those things that have empowered you are yours through the blood of Jesus. So take up the word of God. And this is a day for the people of God to be strong in his word, strong in his spirit. And let the power of God make a way where there seems to be no way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. for the word, of God. the word of God working in me now. Free. You set me free. Jesus rose from the dead. 
delivered me from the power of hell. I am not a slave of sin. I'm not a slave of sin. I am a servant of righteousness. I am a servant of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For that power. For that power. In me now. In me now. Woo! Hot dog! Now everybody say, woo! Hot dog! This is one of those songs that just opens up the patent office in your life. I love this song. What time is it here? We'll, we'll, we'll sing this one. Then, then we'll, we'll, uh, Cindy wanted to pray with you and stuff. And then, uh, but, but we get this one because these songs, I'm telling you, you got a technical issue. You, you got a well-informed technical. <laughs> you say, you know, what do you do? What, what do you guys do in order to do that? Just what she did just then. You know, you'll, uh, like, you'll, you'll listen to something and you repeat it. Or we like we have scripture sheets on our table. We get those scripture sheets and we look at them and then we say the confession. And we, we say the scripture. And we say the confession. You say, well, what do you have to do? You just... I like this. Practically, par- that's what you do. Actually, if uh, one tr- paraphrase of Ephesians 4.24 says, Discover new ways of expressing your new and unique person in Christ. Ways which are in harmony with who you really are. And then, and then what you do as parents, you get your kids together. And, you know, and some, you know, some people do, some people don't. But uh, you teach them. You train them up. You get them to say the same thing. Hallelujah. The word of God is a light that shines through the darkness. Jesus rose from the dead and he left the light. We hope you've enjoyed this message by Lois Toucher and Cindy Duvall of Shekinah Glory Ministries. For more information about Shekinah Glory, log on to our website at www.shekinahglory.com. There you'll find our entire catalog of teaching materials, music CDs, and books, all available for online purchase. The website also offers our daily devotional, updates from the road, and our ministry itinerary so you can pray for us as we travel throughout the United States and overseas. You can also join our mailing list in order to receive regular newsletter updates of ongoing ministry projects. Thank you and God bless you for your support of Shekinah Glory Ministries. We couldn't do it without you. Truly, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall fill all the earth. This is Ray Toucher, Speaking for Shekinah Glory Ministries, thank you and God bless you.